Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Elbasha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough, I am worthy, I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Empowered to Grow. This is your host, Hanan Elbash. Today, I am privileged to have an amazing lady who I ran across, like I just heard her speak on Clubhouse, which for you, those who don't know, Clubhouse is the new thing in thing <laughs> on social media. And it is a, an audio platform and it's composed of rooms and you go in and you listen to people and there, everyone is sharing their wisdom and their knowledge. And that's the beautiful aspect about it. And I heard this amazing woman, Alia Lanius, and um, she was talking about a variety of topics. I went right away on Instagram, sent her a message. I'm like, I would love to interview you. This is so amazing. And I'd love to make the connection. And I'm um, very grateful and blessed that she did accept it. And uh, she's here today. She is a podcast host and award-winning novelist and podcast host, of course, as well, uh, Unsugarcoated with Alia. Um, she's also all about social impact. She's an entrepreneur. She's a survivor in every way possible, if you know what that means, including abuse, including cancer, and including being abandoned uh, as a 14-year-old. So this lady who is also a mother and a grandmother, <laughs> which is amazing. So I know what to look forward to. Um, so Alia, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me, Hanan. I, it's such an honor and privilege. And thank you for mentioning that. Yes, as a matter of fact, my oldest daughter who gave me my grandson last year, she turns 24 today. Oh, happy birthday. So it, Allah, she's, it, you know, it's, it's crazy though for me because I think about what I was doing 24 years ago today yeah. and, you know, speaking in the vein of your very podcast, like how far I, I often say, I don't look back except to see how far I've come. Exactly. And, and, you know, and it's amazing to think that 24 years ago, yes, I would, my life was being completely changed on Groundhog's day of all days. Yes. <laughs> Which is which is the amazing thing, and that's I think that's where it comes the empower to grow, and that's the part that I'm I'm sticking to, and that I felt was in alignment with me and became my mission and my passion. So speaking of empower to grow, when when I sent you and I said I would love to interview you on my podcast, and it's called empower to grow. What does that term mean to you? You know, I think that exactly what it means to me is kind of that journey through life. And we have to give ourselves permission to be opening, open to growing. A lot of the things that we're told when we're younger or that we believe or that our families teach us all rooted in love usually mm -hmm. and a lot of their previous experiences. But I think that empowered to grow is kind of understanding that you can separate yourself a little bit from some of the ideologies if you feel that they don't align with you. And sure. Um, you know, for me, giving myself permission even to just share my story and yes. know it's my and, and change and take control of the narrative True. is largely what I believe Empowered to Grow represents. Yeah, that's that's amazing. So, of course, I, I just gave a very, very brief snapshot of your journey and your empowering to grow or empowerment towards growth journey. Would, would you share a little bit more with us, please? 
Yeah. I mean, as you said, I, I started off with a very interesting life. My parents divorced before I even knew that they were uh, together. And at 14 years old, I had two emotionally unintelligent parents who hated each other. Mm -hmm. I got lost in the fray. Both parents turned their back on me as a struggling teenager, and I was left on the streets. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot between then and now. So I'm 45. I was 14 then. And, you know, at 22, I, I, I had a very rough entrance into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And then at 22, I really, you know, I had my daughter. Yeah. So I started my own business. I started looking for opportunities and creating opportunities for myself. And I became um, an entrepreneur in the business world. I worked in music. I worked in retail. I worked in healthcare. But I finally arrived at a, at a time at 38 years old. I divorced from that previous husband after making uh, or building a substantial business. I had now three children and I found myself back at ground zero, mm -hmm. starting over, you yeah. know, letting go of the ideas that if I, you know, I was taught, if you do this, if you do that, then everything will fall into place, right? If yeah. you, I'm going to be very blunt, I'm very frank. If you're good to your husband and you treat yes. him right, he won't cheat on you. Yeah, he won't yeah. hit you. Yeah. He won't take you for granted. Mm -hmm. That's baloney. Of course. I, you can be the best wife possible. And sometimes it hurts us. So for me personally, that's what I can speak to is my journey. Yes. And from my perspective, and it was a journey mm -hmm. to say, all right, I'm done with this. I give myself permission to walk away and start mm -hmm. over whatever the cost is. Mm -hmm. And I did. Um, I now am the founder of Unsugarcoated Media, and I'm remarried to an amazing man who is much more supportive. Amazing. And, you know, we, we can talk more about just that journey. But like, uh, and so now I'm doing what I love most. I'm a social entrepreneur. I'm taking all those years of experience, Hanan, and I'm taking it and saying, okay, how can I apply this to create social impact in my communities and help other people become empowered? How can I help other people uh, foster connection and growth and make them want to be? The best person that they can be, you know. I so, love that. yeah. So, and I, I put out two books. I'm an author. I actually was going to have them here. My first yeah. book, Tough Love, uh -huh. was based on a biographical fiction novel of me at that time. And then this one has one, Jugen, which is the German word for youth. Oh, and nice. it, uh, it, it, it was, it's won three awards for its hard hitting message on racism, Islamophobia and hateful rhetoric that I just really feel people need to understand how dangerous that is to our society. So that's what I'm all about now, creating film, events, books that just help society be better. That's amazing. I, I love that. And I resonate with everything you said, and I resonate with, with your mission as well. And I think that's what led me to start talking. And it is about embracing my vulnerability, embracing everything I had to go through. I can't claim that I had the same history, but I know that and that's the other part. It's their, my narrative should not be dictated by everyone around me. Like, I don't have to be a rape victim to say I'm a victim of something or I've been through some abuse. It doesn't have to be that traumatic, but trauma has so many levels and trauma is something that is very individual. And that's what I wanted to come out and talk about because then every woman can understand that there's a me too, and she can also speak up and it's also about, you know, the expectations of society where they're like, what are you complaining about? No, I can complain. There's nothing wrong. It doesn't mean I'm ungrateful about my life. It just means that I'm not happy or I'm not content or I'm not fulfilled or there's something in my life that I want to speak out about. So from where you stand now and from this empowerment uh, platform that you are on now, 
what would you go back and advise your 19 year old self? I get asked this all the time. <laughs> I would say, keep going. You, you have so much in store. I wouldn't change anything to be quite honest. And then, so it's hard when I say, I would just say, keep, you know, keep learning to love yourself, stay on this journey because though I've fallen, learning to get back up has actually made me stronger and more aware. And yes. like you said, not every woman can speak to or understand being abused. But where, where I find the similarities and relatabilities in storytelling is like, for example, you and I have probably never climbed Mount Everest, right? No. I have a friend who has climbed Mount Everest and I can't even imagine. I can't relate to that. Climbing Mount Everest, are you, I can barely go outside when it's below 70 in Los Angeles, let alone climb Mount Everest. But if I ask him, what did you feel? Were you afraid of failing? Yes. Were you afraid of letting people down? Mm -hmm. You know, there's certain, I can relate to that. I, you know, I can relate to being afraid and not knowing, you know, so there's, there's the ways of, of, um, you know, and, and I mean, I know you asked the question 19 year old self, but I mean, I honestly would just go back to her and say, keep going. And you are, you have greatness within you. You just, it's coming, it's coming, you know? And I think ultimately a lot of the challenges for those of us who really stand up in these industries and say, we're going to make a difference, you know, like in the media world, I refuse to say, Oh, I'm just here to make content. I'm here to make content that has, has impact that creates alternate perspectives and ultimately more empathy for one another. So I would just tell her, keep doing that. Keep doing that. Keep reading books. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Amazing advice. So from, from that perspective, actually put, put yourself in a time capsule and what would you like your 90 year old self to send you back and say, thank you for, what would you like her to thank you for? Wow. My, that's a good one. I've been asked <laughs> the younger self a million times. You've got me on that one. I mean, my 90 year old self, shoot, inshallah. I, I, I would hope that she would, you know, I mean, it's so, man, that's a very hard one for me to answer. And I'm going to tell you why, Hannah. Because a lot of the times, as you mentioned, I'm a three-time cancer survivor. I don't even often look that far in advance. I don't know. You know, it's very interesting. I remember being in a hospital bed, uh, making a video to my kids to say goodbye just in case. Because what people see now, they don't see. I've gone through a time in my life where I was 99 pounds, very, very sick, very frail, and a very different version of myself, right? Yes. So 90, man, she better be sending me back like, a good bottle of wine or something. I don't know. Cause to me, I just feel like I should be celebrating. Thank you that. For, for making it that far. <laughs> Thank you for taking care of me. But I think that's ex- exactly what you're doing now is you, you are nurturing yourself to make it through to 90 and, and you've got the fighter spirit within you. So that is something definitely she will thank you for, for having that. Yes, yeah, she better be relaxing. That's all I know. She better be sending back. <laughs> she better have some form of retirement by then where she's enjoying everything she's created. <laughs> I kid you not. Although I have to say my mentor is uh, 82, or maybe I'm old, but I think around 82, 76, someone, and, and he works as much as a 40-year-old. And I'm like, oh, boy, you make me worried. Am I going to be <laughs> am I gonna be that busy? <laughs> well, he's, he's on a mission as well. So I think right? that's what drives us. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I agree. So um, to sum up, I love that part of you're on a stage and I'm sure you've been on many stages and you are speaking to tens of thousands of women and the, it is about the topic of being empowered to grow 
what would be that lasting message you leave them with? Oh, one of my favorite messages, the power of our own mind. What usually gets in the middle of our, you know, our way, our biggest obstacles right here between our two ears, Hanan. And there's an exercise that I love doing because it's so powerful. Um, And people can do it at home if, if you're willing to try it. But it's really just closing your eyes for a moment and picturing what's behind you and just visualizing. Don't do anything. Don't move. Um, actually, I'm so sorry. Back up. The first thing is to <laughs> lift up an arm and try to move all the way around and touch it. And a lot of people without you moving your hips. Have you ever seen this exercise? Yes. Before? With Tony Robbins. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's my favorite. I actually had it with Jack Canfield. I've done it a million times. It's I so love it. powerful. So, okay. So you lift your arm up, you go around and a lot of people will find they can't go that very far. Yeah. And, and then if you close your eyes and you picture behind you for a moment, for a solid moment, just completely visualizing what color is the wall? What does it look like? What do you think it feels like? And then open those eyes again and lift up the very same arm and go around. You should, if you're doing this right, if you're allowing your brain to take control, you should suddenly be able to take your arm almost all the way to the back of the wall. This exercise is incredible because I've done that in a place where 10,000 people are standing there and the first time they couldn't do it. And then the second time when you're able to make that, that, that happen, you're realizing how strong the brain is. And, and, you know, my sister went through a traumatic brain injury where she had lost, she had to rebuild all those. She had to learn how to smile again, tell herself to smile. Mm -hmm. And when she went through that, that exercise became so much more incredible because I remember her arm was still kind of angled at it. And part of her exercise was her brain saying, arm go straight. Right. And, I have to rewire all her neural connections. Exactly. Because when we go through trauma, those neural connections are interrupted. They can't just snap back together. And so that's why I'm saying this exercise, like, you know, you have to rebuild those processes and it takes time. We go to the gym, we run for miles, but we don't sit down and take the time to work out the most valuable piece we bring you know part of you can speak to it more eloquently doctor but (laughs) but you know this big hunk of meat between in our skull that brain has incredible power and from the stage you know and from any platform I want to tell people you do not understand I was diagnosed with uh, one of the fastest killing cancers and one of my methods was absolutely meditation I would visualize my healthy cells beating like gangster style, the the cancer cells. And I just don't think people understand how powerful we really, really are with for ourselves. ourselves. You know what I mean? Dr. Joe Dispenza speaks of that a lot. The the power of the meditation in your mind, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Greg Braden, they, they all speak of that and they all, they, they started even measuring it and they can see the power. They're like, you can feel the energy and you can feel the power. And it is true. And why my, being empowered to grow became part of my mission is because I realized I was so disempowered in my own mind that I was such a negative talker. I was such a critical talker and I did not feel worthy. And this is, and I was just talking about this earlier today on, on a podcast interview that I was being interviewed or actually on, on Facebook live. And I was saying, I was two weeks away from earning my doctorate degree, working to six years towards that and 20 plus years of experience on everything that's related to it. And I still did not feel good enough. I did not feel worthy. And I was still looking at what, what next can I do? What next certification? What next validation step do I need to do? And until I had to switch that first, and I was not well. And I was also like, you know, um, 
I had the point in life where I was burning out all the time that I was supposed to be hospitalized. The doctor's like, I need to admit you. And I'm like, no, I can't afford that luxury. You know, I have my son at home and I'm an expat and I've got no support system and, and, and I've got the business and I've got my studies. And there was always the excuse of deprioritizing ourselves until I realized I'm not well and I'm heading down a very dangerous route. And I, I started, you know, it was so bad that I was throwing up blood. And I was like, I went to a doctor, had the endoscopy and I'm waking up to the to the news of, or expecting the news of, you have cancer and now we need to deal with it. And, and I was grateful and lucky that I did not have the cancer, but I was very close. I was on that, down that. And that's where I had to change my mind to, I need to take care of me. I need to empower me. I need to take care of my health. I need to prioritize me. And I need to know that I am worthy so I can move forth and by moving forth, I embrace my vulnerability. I embrace my my ability to share my knowledge, to share you know the 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 positivity that I was called naive at times because I was too positive and smiling. Well, it's a power now. It's a superpower. I'm gonna use it in that way. And yes, so back to the meditation. I learned to meditate. I learned to trust my body and my mind and my spirit to come together in alignment to serve me and others. And to take care of it. That's amazing. And I love that you shared that because it's, you know, one of the things that my doctors have always told me is, you know, stress, Alia, you have to be careful. You know, for me, they say, and for really anyone, uh, it is opening a window and yelling out and saying, hey, cancer, come on in. You know, you don't want to have, like a lot of people feel that, oh my gosh, hearing the words you have cancer would be the worst words or because, you know, that's, though there are actually many other significant diseases that you do not want to get and not have to deal with, people, cancer stands out to people. Yes. And, and I can understand why, you know, it's a very scary and for a lot of people, yes, it, it ends in death. And I know that I'm very fortunate. My first year of battling cancer, my um, seven of my good friends passed away. You know, they were younger than me, had children oh. my age. It was a very difficult thing to see good people go. Um, but the thing is, again, you said that it's like, if you're not here to take care of your responsibilities, then who will? Yes. So pri- prioritizing our health and especially our mental health and understanding that stress and, you know, toxic environments. True. You know, it's not easy to get out of them. No, that's one no. thing I'm very, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of talk about, oh, just, you know, I think it, it being empowered starts with just knowing that yes. you're in a toxic environment. Not always can you escape it. People are, you know, you have to find ways out. That's all part of empowered to grow, finding those ways, um, finding the ability to make those changes because, ultimately for some people, it's just not that simple of a prayer and and reciting some wonderful quotes and things like that. There is major change that has to happen for somebody's life to significantly change. So I like diving into those things and really supporting other women, you know, going through that. And I love that you said that because it's absolutely true. I couldn't have said it better myself. As a matter of fact, thank (laughs) you. Here, I'm the one being interviewed, but you're the one dropping the gems. I oh, love no, it. no, no. You've got tons of gems on your end and there's still more. There's still more. Um, well, thank you so much again for, for the opportunity, um, for showing up and for your vulnerability and your authenticity. I love that. So it's a pleasure. Where can people find you in the virtual space and connect with you? I'm, I'm still going to drop the, the links, but I love for you to say too. Oh, of course, of course. Um, yes, for the audio audience, Alia, A-A-L-I-A underscore unsugarcoated on Instagram is my faith place. It's really where I connect most or on Clubhouse now. 
Um, but we are unsugarcoated media pages also there and on Facebook. And that's definitely a place where people can find out what short films, what books we're releasing, what events we're having uh, in an effort to help society and build uh, better communities. Thank you. Thank you so much. Once again, thank you everyone for joining us today. As I always say, empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.